I'm shooting content and everything like that. And all of a sudden, everybody just starts pulling out their phones and I see everybody's phone lights come on. And I'm like, "Who? What? what's going on? And I look and Elon's walking in the front door and I was just like, Wow. Welcome to the Mike Squires and Friends podcast. I'm your host, Mike Squires. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Dan Nilsson. He's an incredible photographer at some of Manhattan's most renowned nightclubs and has shot over 1,500 events. And Dan has photos of everybody. He's crossed paths with the likes of Elon Musk, Mariah Carey, Whoopi Goldberg, Brian Cranston, and Aaron Paul, Kevin Hart, and so many more. Anybody that you could think of, he's got it. Not to mention pretty much every single DJ that's ever existed. And Dan and I go way back. We used to work at a nightclub together in Danbury called Tuxedo Junction. So I'm excited to talk about how he's leveled up in his career since then. Now, if you guys want to support the Mike Squires and Friends podcast, all you got to do is hit that subscribe button on YouTube or download and rate on your preferred podcast platform. Now, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Mike Squires and Friends. good dan what's going on dude I, i'm very happy that you're here oh i'm excited me and dan go way back if you guys don't know which you might not know but now you know uh dan i want to talk to you about where you're at in your career right now just so people get a little bit familiar can we talk about marquee and tau group and all that right now so i mean currently i do work for tau group hospitality um i do all their nightclubs and rooftop lounges restaurants uh down in manhattan um, that's majority of my work right now. Um, I've been with them for a few years and typically every Friday and Saturday you can catch me at Marquee, which is uh, one of the oldest standing nightclubs in Manhattan, just coming up celebrating the 20 year anniversary. Some people may be familiar with the club mm-hmm. and I know it's an everyday thing for you, but can we just list some of the DJs that have been at the club that you've shot for? Uh, pretty All much, pretty much everybody <laughs> in the lineup. Um, I mean, we've had you know Steve Aoki, Tiesto, Armin Van Buren, uh, Marshmallow, um, Laidback Luke. I mean, anybody you can think of that's that's either up and coming or like an OG, really big DJ, a lister. We we have them there. And yeah. I've, and I, I want to elaborate on that later, too. I have, like, a little segment that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But for now, I want to talk about some exciting achievements, too, that I know you've done. Mm. One of them is that you've had your photos featured in a billboard. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that and tell me that story? So I had a client at the time, and I was doing some work for them, some, like, lifestyle stuff. And, you know, as it be, one client brought me another client and um, I ended up doing a photo shoot at like a really nice house somewhere in Greenwich. And um, those pictures ended up being used um, for the company posted up on a billboard. Um, And then the other one that you're referring to was in DJ mag. Those were photos from a show that you were also at. Yeah, dude. Um, That was a, that was a huge achievement to be able to see your work. Cause now in like a digital age, you're so used to just seeing it on Instagram or at the time on Facebook, since, you know, that's where a majority of the work was being posted back in the day. Now doesn't even really exist. Um, but to see, to see your work like printed out, um, and to know that like, it's such a broad audience that's going to be able to see it all over the world that have DJ mag, you know, coming to their doorsteps and stuff like that um, was was a really cool feeling. Yeah. I mean, what is what is that feeling like? You know, like, did you were you aware that this was happening ahead of time or was the first time of you seeing it when you saw it? Well, I mean, I had no idea. It wasn't like planned out for those pictures to be um, the one in the magazine in DJ Mag wasn't planned out. It was like I was just shooting the show as normal. And then um, the DJ that was performing at the time was like, I got an email and was like, Hey, how much for your pictures to post them in DJ mag? We're doing a two page spread and we want like three of three or I think it was three pictures to be in there. So I was just like, uh, whatever. And just like named, named some arbitrary price and they're like, all right, cool. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, I need a copy of that. And I still have it to this day that sits like in pristine condition, uh, at my residence. That's a beautiful thing. Were you able to see the billboard in person too? I don't remember to be honest. <laughs> I know I have a picture. Somebody, I think somebody sent me a picture of the billboard. I don't think I saw it in person. Another thing that I know that you did, and I want to hear the story of how this came to be, because I know you'd put some work in to make this happen. Mm. How did you shoot Ultra? 
All right, so Ultra, um, that's that's a that was a good one. So what I did for Ultra, and I could suggest this for any upcoming um, photographers, videographers, you know, content creators and stuff like that. Um, once you have a somewhat established portfolio of some, you know, decent um, A-list celebrities or DJs or artists in general, um, for Ultra, what I did was I'd wait for Ultra to announce their lineup because they do their lineup phases, you know, phase one, phase two, et cetera. And as soon as they dropped the lineup and it would show everybody in like alphabetical order and stuff like that, I went and went alphabetical one by one. I went onto Facebook, typed in the DJ's name, and then went into like info. And under info, a lot of these DJs had like media contact or their manager's contact or their record labels contacts listed in there. So what I did was I took every single person that I could find any related email to that DJ and I created a kind of copy and paste email where I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to be down shooting other artists. I'd love to work with so-and-so. Um, let me know if you're interested. And, you know, obviously I didn't even have anybody booked, but, <laughs> you know, you got to make it sound like you're already you're already there. Like, hey, love to work with you. I'm going to already be there. Um, so I would send out and I could still look up the email. Um, I mean, I sent out like 80 emails to every single person that I could find and then um, I'd say a, a handful of them got back and then I ended up landing um, Vice Tone, DJ Snake and Chami. Yeah. What was that feeling when you locked those in, dude? So locking it in, I, you know, I there's been a lot of times where like you lock something in and it's you think it's locked in, but it's not really locked in. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to get my hopes up too much. But for those guys, I sent over contracts basically stating because, you know, at that time, to get flights down to, to Miami to stay at a hotel. Luckily I was able to stay with somebody um, that already had a room so I could cut the cost and still like turn a small profit to get down there. But it was more so the experience as well as being able to have the opportunity to capture such a large thing because prior to ultra, I mean, I did do moonrise. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry, not moonrise. It was camp Bisco was my first music festival I sent over the contracts. I'm like, I need this money locked in. You know, it doesn't matter if if you can't make it. I don't care. I just need the money because I was <laughs> like, I'm not. I can't take a, a financial loss at the time. You know, I'm still up and coming. On. And you know, you try to mitigate as much loss as you can while still giving yourself as much opportunity as possible. Yeah, and I think you said something that's of value too is that nothing's happening till it's happening because the idea of flying down there and then being like, oh, hey, we got our normal guy to fill in, like appreciate you is like a devastating thought. Yeah, I, that actually happened while I was down there with um, one of the artists. So I get down there and they're like, okay, so like, you know, come, come at the artist check-in at such and such time. I get there early. I'm excited. I'm waiting. And I'm like texting the, the, the person that I was in contact with, um, regarding one of the artists and I'm getting like no answer, no answer. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, what, what's going on? And, and everything was just like falling apart right there. And I'm like, like I'm here, like you signed a contract and um, so one of the artists, I actually didn't even shoot out of those three. I don't want to name drop anything, but one of those artists, I didn't actually shoot. And uh, the other one, I got like passes from their their tour manager, like literally like 10 minutes before they were getting on main stage. <laughs> but luckily, you know, I didn't have to go through any crazy stuff after everything was, you know, sent through, I went back and I emailed the person I was in contact with and was like, you know, what what happened? Like, we have contracts signed that, like, I'm getting paid and, you know, they held to their end. So at least I was paid, but I, you know, I was stressing out the whole time and didn't even get to shoot one of the artists that I was there down for. But uh, so, you know, contracts are good to have. They're always not set in stone. And sometimes people will just be like, I don't, I don't care about the contract. Like, uh, what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? You're yeah. talking big, 
you're talking big artists and you're this small fish in the pond and you know there there's nothing you can really do but kind of hope and be like i hope you know they they hold to their end and i'm i'm going to get that money otherwise it's going to you know, kind of ruin this whole trip. That's all you can do in those situations too, because I see a lot of people with like, especially like music industry, entertainment stuff. They're like, make sure you have your contract. The contract is only as good as the person who signs it, yep. you know? And like, what do you, if it, especially if it's like a couple hundred bucks, even like a thousand bucks, like mm-hmm. that's not worth going to court for. That's not worth like, you know what I mean? It's you just got to keep it pushing. Exactly. Cause if they were just like, no, we're not paying you. Like that's that, that's that. I mean, what, what would I do? I'm going to exactly what you said. You know, you're not charge gonna, it to the game. You're not going to go to court for, for a few hundred dollars for, for one person. You know, obviously if you're talking larger scale production stuff yeah. where it's like $15,000 for a music video or something like that. And it really puts somebody out, you know? Exactly. But you know, for at that time, and for that artist and for a single DJ set, you know, a few hundred dollars. But I think that's super good on them, too. My bad to interrupt. Yeah, no. But I, I think it's good on them that, you know, at least they honored the contract mm-hmm. and got you covered, even though you didn't get the shoot. But yeah. yeah, no. And it also, when things like that happen, it maintains the relationship, too. Mm-hmm. Because you did go out of your way to get down there and all oh, that. Yeah. You know what I want to talk about, Dan? What? I want to talk about some of the travel we've done together, dude, mm. because some people might not know that, that we've had a couple couple trips here and there. Yeah, just a little little exploring we here should and talk, there. We should talk Puerto Vallarta, dude. Still to this day, the best sunsets I've ever seen in my life were, was in Puerto Vallarta. I'm glad we got to experience that together, dude. Yeah. Bro, that was like, talk about a trip that like simultaneously was kind of like a vacation. Like we were down there for a way, way longer than we needed to be, dude. We like probably could have got all the shooting done in like a couple days. Couple, yeah, probably. We were down there for like almost two weeks. Yeah, I think it was like 12, 13 days, something like that. Yeah, we were like riding donkeys. The the jet ski. The jet ski. The video that you made on the jet ski, I swear, I still look at from time to time. And it's probably one of the happiest memories I have of like in my career is the video that you made of that with the music. And like, I just remember that feeling of like, it was something I always wanted to do. <laughs> and I got to experience it with you. And it was just like, set the scene like sunsets going down it's 80 something beautiful like riding the jet ski tossing you off the back of it like yeah you think of it with a significant other but in that case i was the significant other yeah 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 (laughs) but yeah no that was a great time and i remember like a specific thing about that he was like don't go out too far Uh, (laughs) and you sent it as far as you could go dude yeah it it was my first time on one and i was just like we're opening this thing up and he's like don't go past the, the little rock and i'm like I'm on the other <laughs> side of the beach, basically way down there. Yeah. yeah, dude. There's a lot of fun memories from that too. Another thing that's crazy is that we can talk about it briefly, but you were with me when my song come home went absolutely nuts, dude. Yes. Yes, bro. That was like a life changing moment. And like, I just remember going to my phone because at the time I didn't have like service out of the country. I only when I would like walk to like the Wi-Fi, and I like mm-hmm. left my phone plugged in. So I went back to my phone, plugged in. It was just absolutely blown up. And I don't remember how I reacted to it, but I remember probably being very hype. Yeah, I mean, I, I I somewhat remember that as well. And I just remember singing, like, the lyrics, <laughs> like, the whole trip once that was dropping. Um, and, yeah, that, that was a big moment because I remember being, you know, getting back onto the boat. And you're like, oh, my God, like, the streams and people are listening. And it was, like... It was such like everything about that trip was so nice because not only did you have a big moment in your your own music career and stuff like that, but it was like being there in general was such a big opportunity and like pleasure and and part of the reason why I like to do photography and part of the reason why I got into it um, was to be able to see, you know, different parts of the world, to be able to travel and and capture you know, moments from those spaces. And there's some of those pictures that I have that aren't even related to club work. Um, there's one in particular I remember I have of this little kid and we were walking back down to the boat and he's just holding his dog and he like looked at me and smiled. And I was like, this is such a core memory picture. And it, it just 
brings you back into those moments, like to see people, um, you know, living in different places and different lifestyles and stuff like that. I remember seeing that happen in real life. You're like, hold on one second. And I remember <laughs> you went to go snap it, dude. Yeah, no, there was a lot of good memories too. And you know, when you get to travel with a homie, it makes it just so much better. Because, oh, so much better. You know, I've done gigs where I've traveled solo and then I have nobody to talk to about. Like, I, there, I can't go to somebody and be like, remember when this happened? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I totally understand that because the majority of my work now is pretty much solo, like working in the clubs and stuff like that. Like we have videographers from here to there, but obviously it's different when it's somebody that like obviously me and you came up together um, and then like being able to go from like us barely knowing how to operate our cameras mm. and get like mediocre content to being like on the beaches of Mexico, like zip lining, uh, go, you know, swimming with dolphins, doing going to a water park that almost almost took you out. Oh my god, I remember <laughs> the water park, dude, bro. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of memories from that trip. One thing that I'm thinking about right now, though, is I actually almost got in a lot of trouble on that trip Hmm. from the crocodile photo. I don't know if you remember that. I vaguely remember the crocodile. It was near the the beach entrance. Yeah. So there was a photo that you took Hmm. of me taking a picture of a crocodile. And I still was pretty close, but I edited myself even closer. I think I, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so I post that photo, and immediately after I post that photo, you know, I have the student city team or somebody who we were working with email me, and they're like, Mike, you could be sent home for this. This is a huge liability. <laughs> and yeah, dude, I remember at that moment being very like, I just remember responding back. I'm like, yo, guys, it's Photoshopped, which like it was. I was Photoshopped closer but I still was pretty close to that crocodile. And in hindsight, I think of that moment. I'm like, dude, I was dumb. Why would I do that? Yeah, anything for the content. You know the deal. Let's take it back even a little bit further because, you know, we were shooting as a pair there, but we were shooting as a pair way before that gig, dude. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Tuxedo Junction, dude. Tuxedos. Um, I mean, huge shout out. Uh, a large part of my career I owe to uh, Ian Bick um, for putting me on at Tuxedos. Um, you know, a little bit of luck sprinkled in with that. One day I was opening up Facebook and I had already friended Ian because he was hosting like a teen party there and, and I was photographing it for one of the DJs there. And it was like, oh, opening up this club, something along those lines. And I was just like, need a photographer, question mark? You know, just like throwing a dart and he, and then got a DM and was like, yeah, come, come in. And then, you know, I remember going in there and t- I was, you know, I was taking it very serious and we, you know, we get in there and he's like, Oh, you know, I like your work already. And he's like, you know, what's your rate, this, this and that. And at the time I'm like trying to figure out because prior to that, I, I hadn't really shot any big DJs. It was all more like local stuff or teen stuff. You know, this is like the beginning stages. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, kind of confused. What do I charge? I'm trying to figure out. And I just, you know, gave a number and stuff like that. And then obviously meeting you there. And I think, you know, without, without having tuxedos, I'm not quite sure where I would be in my career at all, because being able to land just a few big artists early on in your career, when you can get, you know, at least decent content of them, I think it's so big because it solidifies and shows others like, hey, like this guy's responsible for shooting. You know, they don't know if I'm shooting the chain smokers for them at the time. Um, They just see that I photograph the chain smokers, you know, you know, even though I was working for the club, but other people at the time or other artist managers and stuff like that don't necessarily know that connection. They're just like, oh, okay, he took these good pictures of these artists. So he's good by, by me. We'll we'll hire him for something like that. I know for me personally, I'm sure you can relate. Having that cash flow early on in your career, it was able to upgrade my equipment oh, very yeah. quickly. Yeah, I, I was shooting on like very beginner Nikon D3100 or something like that. And I remember after getting a few gigs there at Tuxedos, uh, being able to upgrade to full frame. And full frame was like huge, Huge, because, you know, nightlife, you need full frame sensors and stuff like that. And being able to get... More than like I was using a 35 millimeter lens, I think was like one of the only lenses I had like in the beginning, beginning that and like an 85. Um, 
So being able to upgrade your gear and get that early start of having, you know, some sort of cash to upgrade makes a big difference. Obviously, a lot of people say, like, it's not about the camera. It's about the photographer. Um, that's definitely true. I think if you're an established photographer already, like give me any camera, I could shoot the same content through and through for the most part. But going from like entry level gear to like the more expensive lenses and the full frame cameras, like the top of the line stuff just allows you to do even more and, and capture different types of content. And in nightlife, you know, going from a crop sensor to full frame, you're able to get so much more light in and, and it was just leaps and bounds, the quality and everything like that went up. So that was a, definitely a huge part. Yeah, I remember early on there too, because my situation was similar. I probably was shooting on like a 7D or something when I started. And then I made my way to the 5D Mark III, which mm. at the time, you know, was the pinnacle. It was the pinnacle camera. And I just remember when I got that camera, it's also like a boost of confidence where you're like, you know, I'm actually doing this. Like if I'm able to, if I have this camera, that means I, I'm, I'm making it a little bit. Do you have a moment in your career that, you know, you felt like this is actually happening and you know, this is going to be a full-time thing for me? You know, in my, in my career, I've been shooting a little over a decade now, um, from start to currently, a moment, I, I couldn't pinpoint a specific moment. I think it's a few moments scattered throughout mm. where you start to just get like a little glimpse of like, maybe, maybe I can do this, you know, um, obviously landing the stuff with tuxedos and being like locked in and there's like, hey, we're going to do these many shows and naming all the DJs and, and hip hop artists that are going to be there and stuff like that. That was like definitely a key moment because. Now I'm like, okay, I know that, you know, because having a career in content creation is great and all, um, but it's hard to solidify it until you start making some sort of cash at least because, you know, it's different for somebody starting out that's a teenager that's like 16, you know, they don't have to worry about anything. There's no bills. There's no student loans or anything like that. And you could just focus on, you know, creating. But as you get older, you start to struggle more, um, at least for myself, because you're like, you know, I'm not making, I'm not making, it's not even so much the content, but it's like, at some point it's like, I'm not making the money that I need to be making to sustain this as a career. Um, and there was several times throughout my career, likewise, where you feel like you make it, you have the complete opposite feeling of, I don't think I can do this. And I've always, always told myself, like, just keep it pushing, just keep it pushing. And something that I've always held on to was that all it takes is, is one person, whether it's an artist, a manager, another photographer, a company, it takes just one, one person that can change the whole trajectory of your career. Um, and, and for me, that was with tuxedos was that first point where I was like, okay, now I'm landing all these other people. And then I met a photographer there, Chris, and Chris got me um, a gig at one of Tao Group's um, properties. It was actually for a Halloween party, and this was now X amount, five or six years ago or something like that. And it's those small little connections um, and opportunities that can really push you to the next level. And sometimes you don't even know that it's happening. Like at the time I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I'll, I get to shoot in Manhattan. Like, this is great. But you don't realize that, that that now leads to doing other stuff in Manhattan. And then everything is just, you know, like, um, a snowball effect. And if you just keep pushing forward, eventually, you know, you'll have this grand snowball and that's kind of where you're at. Yeah. And keeping it pushing is probably the hardest part of it too, because Keeping it pushing is not just like a financial battle. It's a mental battle, oh, too. For sure. You know, have you had any, like, struggles or days where you're like, maybe this isn't for me or? Oh, definitely. I think any sort of entrepreneur, especially creatives, whether you're photo, video, music and stuff like that, you know, you you come, you, you get a imposter syndrome is something that I've always dealt with on and off. So, you know, one moment you're feeling you know, I'm shooting X DJ and I'm like, or we're going on trips to Mexico or the, you know, the, the Caribbean islands doing work and stuff. And you're, you're riding this high. And then 
you're not happy with your work or you see it and you're like, or you see somebody else and, and you know, the comparison is the, the thief of joy. And I think with social media, it's such a double-edged sword because you're able to have a career because social media exists while also fighting the other edge of the sword of self-doubt or comparing yourself to other people. And a lot of the times you don't even know what that those people have done to get to where they're at. You just see, you know, the end product. You, you wouldn't know that those people are shooting 200 shows a year while you're only shooting 20 and you're trying to comparing you're trying to compare your work to them and they're years ahead of you. And, and I think that that's something that I struggled obviously earlier on in, in my career. Now that I've been doing it for as long as I have, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at, you know, work wise and um, stuff in that regard. But but definitely, you know, starting off, it, it's really hard because in you, you're just looking constantly on social media and you're like, why don't I have that opportunity? Why can't I be as good as them? Like, so, yeah, they're, they're, you definitely go back and forth. And I think it's important to when you're feeling good. And like I said, that moment and that memory that we had in Mexico on the jet ski, like when you're riding the highs, just really take it in and cherish it because you're not going to be there constantly. It's, you know, an ebb and flow just back and forth of, um, highs and lows and you just got to keep keep pushing till you get to that next high you know that's yeah. life <laughs> and it's scary dude because you know being a creative and entrepreneur you basically just give up that safety net you give mm-hmm. up that security you don't know you don't necessarily know what the next thing is especially when you're starting out so that's something i want to talk about what would be some advice that you'd have for a photographer or any creative you know that's just getting into it and maybe is afraid to take that leap um you know for anybody trying to get into the scene now I would say just get out there and shoot, shoot as much as you can DM, you know, Instagram is great. Twitter, anything you can to get in with local artists. If you're just starting out, um, find DJs that are openers for clubs, just get your foot in the doors. The most important thing and just keep practicing because you're not going to fully understand how to shoot in clubs and, and how to edit those sorts of pictures. You know, some people, that you portraits think, yo, I like music. And then you hop into a nightclub where the lighting is completely different. Every second, the settings are completely different. Like you're in massive crowds, people pushing you, shoving you, stuff like that. Um, so for somebody starting off in, in this sort of career, I would say start off on the entry level. Look for, for any sort of club that's, that, you know, in the vicinity you'd travel to and look for the openers. You can't, Hop out the gate thinking you're going to photograph Tiesto um, and then be upset when when they, you don't even get a response. But you might be able to photograph the opener for Tiesto. And if you do good there, that might lead to something else. Um, so my advice would be to just find any opening DJ um, or even hip hop artist that's opening up for the main act and try to get in with that person just to get your your foot in the door and to get that those reps. All it is is reps, and it's the same with sports. Like, you go to practice. You're doing the same plays over and over and over again. So that way when game time comes, it's just natural for you to, to you know, hit the, hit the ground running. Yeah, and you made me think of two thoughts right here. One thought is when you said shooting for the opener. Now, this is kind of like a pro – tip and a hack that I think has applied to both of us in our career Mm -hmm. is that if you get a show and as long as the main artist or whoever you're working with is cool with it, you know, reach out to the openers and shoot for them as well those nights because that'll end up being extra money that you get for an event that you're already at. That's, that is certainly, I think, yes, once you're, once you're in a career and you're shooting um, either for a venue or for the headlining acts to begin with, definitely reach out to the openers. I've done that before in the clubs um, in Manhattan where, you know, I'm shooting for the venue, but I'm only scheduled to shoot the headlining act. And I've had openers reach out to me and they're like, Hey, you know, can you, can you shoot like an hour uh, of my set opening up too? And I'm like, sure. And it's just one other way to, you know, make a little bit of extra cash on the side for sure. Yeah. And the other thought that I wanted to talk about is a lot of this is how you carry yourself. And I say that because you don't want to freak out the people that you're reaching out to. And you've worked with some of the biggest artists, some of the biggest names in the industry at this point. 
you know, what would you give advice wise to like somebody who might be eager to get in the game and, you know, how should they carry themselves in these situations? So I would say, I mean, it's different for everybody. For me personally, I've never been the type of person to be starstruck by anybody. Um, I think there was only one person ever thus far in my career that I was like, whoa. And that was Elon. Yeah. When Elon came to one of the the Heidi parties last year, actually. Um, prior, either than that, um, I say other than that, um, I've just always been like, hey, you know, like these are people too. And while you want to give them their flowers for being, you know, successful in their own regard, at the end of the day, they're still people. And I, I come at it as a, at a different angle where, you know, when I'm meeting these A-list celebrities or models, athletes, uh, rappers, DJs, everybody, I feel like sometimes they're so used to people coming up to them and like giving them so much attention and, you know, being in their face and stuff like that. And now I'm being tasked with having to photograph them. I like to tackle it and let them like settle in, you know, when they get to a venue or whatever, like do you enjoy yourself? And then when I think that they're comfortable to have their picture taken, I'll go up and ask, um, so basically, I like to just treat them as I would treat you or treat somebody else or one of my other clients that's celebrating their 40th birthday. You know what I mean? And I think that's super important in the industry because, you know, a lot of people will definitely hire you because your work is good, but they'll keep you around because they like you as a person. That That is, I would definitely say, very, very solid advice. Um, everybody's work can get to a certain level and stuff like that. And, you know, I've seen it and I'm sure I'm part of it too, uh, where you see other people's work and you're like, maybe their work isn't the best and that's your own opinion. Um, but it's like those people have such good relationships with the people that they're around. And that's probably one of the most important things you can do, especially in this career, because, all of my work has stemmed basically from word of mouth. You know, nobody's just found me on Google. Nobody really found me on Facebook or Instagram and been like, hey, I found your page. I, I like your work. I want to hire you. It's like so-and-so recommended you. And and that's been, you know, the biggest part that I could stress is like always treat everybody around you, especially the people that you're working for with like the utmost like respect and and, you know, always try to strive for one one step further than what they're even expecting. Go go a little bit further, stay up a little bit later to get the work done, you know, spend a little extra time editing rather than just pushing it out. Um, communication is huge. Bringing smiles, um, joking. A lot of the times I'm, I'm very serious when I work, when I'm just like focused on getting content and I don't have to interact with people. But when I have like private client events, um, and I'm, I'm getting hired to shoot private parties, uh, 50th birthday or mostly, mostly birthday parties and stuff like that. It's like really big, um, to be able to communicate with the people that are hiring you and to like have, you want to have this relationship because then they're not looking at you as just somebody that they found or got, you know, somebody told them about and they're like, Hey, well, we'll just pay this dude to take pictures. It's like, Oh yeah. Like his work is great. And like, he was a pleasure to be around. Like I've gotten emails and texts back from, from clients that, you know, whenever I send my work to them, I always thank them for hiring me and giving me the opportunity, um, to capture work for them and their families. And, um, you know, getting those re responses back saying like, oh, you were so professional. You were a pleasure to be around. That's why I have some clients that I have for years and these are not, this is not like big company stuff. These are like actual people that have me shoot their, their events and their birthdays every year and stuff like that, because you form this bond, you know, with them and, and they just like to be around you. And I think if you can be an enjoyable person and be good at what you're, what you're doing in your life, then that's like the true icing on the cake. Yeah. And something I want to kind of double down on what you said is communication I think in business, communication is the most important thing. Now, 
Have you had any instances where something bad happened and you had to communicate that even though you were just like, oh man, I don't want to have this conversation right now, but because you communicated it, it kind of helped the situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that happens like here and there. It's not often. It's it's not super often, but it does happen where, you know, you're tasked with like shooting a certain event and something happens and or, you know, they're like, hey, we really want this picture of this. And, you, you know, a lot of these events, you get shot lists of like sponsors or specific guests that are going to be there that they want photographed or specific moments and stuff like that. And a lot of the times things don't go as planned. Obviously, you know, you can plan as much as you can, but once you're in the heat of it, you know, people are grabbing you. Hey, take our picture over here, do this. And all of a sudden now you've missed this opportunity, this big picture moment because somebody else needed you to do something else. And, you know, you start stressing out and stuff like that. So like communication is, is definitely important. Um, It's good to let your clients know like, Hey, you know, I always apologize. Like, I'm sorry. There's no, I couldn't get, you know, this specific picture. You know, I was downstairs when the thing happened upstairs because so-and-so needed me down there. Like, so communicating is, is definitely important, you know, kind of save your, your butt a little bit. Um, just so you can explain yourself. No, it really is important too. And that's why I wanted to talk about that because by saying that you might've given somebody a perspective because I find sometimes people are afraid, you know, when being afraid and not talking about it is actually more damaging than if you just, you know, stand up and take care of it. Yeah, you you definitely just got to come out and be like, hey, I'm really sorry I wasn't able to get this particular picture that they're asking. Hey, where's where's the picture of uh, you and of Mike and so and so? And you're like. I was I just I was using the bathroom and I missed, you know, that's yeah. happened to me. I. Uh, one, one party in particular, they're like, Hey, we're bringing out the cake and a sign and all this stuff. We're going to sing happy birthday. That's going to be at whatever, seven o'clock. I'm standing there waiting seven o'clock waiting. It's 10 after seven, 15 after seven. I'm like, Oh, let me use the bathroom real quick. I'm washing my hands hearing happy birth. And I'm sprinting out the door running to get to the table where they have this huge cake and sparklers and all this stuff. And luckily I was able to, to get like, a, you know, at least a, a decent image of, of that moment. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's definitely one right there that I can recall. I'd love to talk to you about like some of the stories behind some of your photos too. And, uh, you know, maybe I pop them up on screen or something so people can see them. But, uh, Let's just start off with the Elon Musk one, dude. I know we you talked about it briefly earlier, but mm-hmm. like what was going on? How did that happen? So we did the Heidi Klum Halloween. We actually just did it recently on Halloween night at Marquee. But last year we did it at one of our other venues, Saki Nohana and Silver Lining Lounge. So, you know, Heidi Halloween is a it's a massive Halloween party. Everybody's coming in in these elaborate costumes, a lot of A-list celebrities and stuff like that. And, you know, we, we get like a prior list to some people that might be showing up and stuff like that. Elon's not on that list. So there's a whole step and repeat outside and everything like that. I wasn't in charge of shooting the step and repeat. We have a lot of like the New York Times, the Post, all these like huge outlets, Getty. They're all out getting that. I'm inside in the party, just photographing the party and guests inside the party. So. I'm shooting content and everything like that. And all of a sudden, everybody just starts pulling out their phones and I see everybody's phone lights come on. And I'm like, "Who? What? what's going on? And I look and Elon's walking in the front door and I was just like, wow, because that was probably one of the only times that I can recall that I was like, because it was unannounced too. you know, everybody else that I photographed for the most part, I know who's going to be there. I know which celebrities and stuff like that and, and DJs, but he came into the door and I mean, it's Elon Musk, you know? <laughs> so I'm like frantically trying to get close to him because I'm like, I need to grab a picture. And I'm like, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't normally like to shoot like what I say, like paparazzi style. Um, I don't like to just like flash like boom and and take pictures without them knowing that they're being photographed but I pop off like a few shots real quick and um, 
he heads downstairs and I'm, I'm like trailing behind him. He gets to like the VIP section and I'm like, okay, like back to what I said before, you know, he just showed up, let him settle in, have a drink or whatever, mingle with some people. He was actually there with his mother. And, um, I'm like, I'll just let him settle in for a little bit. And then I'll ask him for like a formal picture. That way it's like the best possible picture I can get of him. And I'm waiting and it's like a few minutes go by and uh, all of a sudden he leaves like the roped off area and I'm like, oh, he's probably using the bathroom and I'm standing there and a few minutes go by and I see somebody that was next to him that I think was with, you know, on his team. I'm like, hey, where, where did Elon go? Is he, is he at the bathroom? And he's like, no, he left. And I was like, oh, and I was like, there's no way. I was like, <laughs> I just waited and, and that's... um. It's a, like I said, that's also a double-edged sword. Sometimes you don't have that luxury of waiting for that perfect moment in your mind. You might be waiting, oh, I'll, I'll get him when he comes here or when he does this or, you know, any particular moment you have planned in your head. It doesn't always go as planned. So luckily I was able to get that picture of him and it was a, in my mind, it was a mediocre picture. It wasn't the best. But it still, you know, was a picture and, and captured the moment of him coming in and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's something I've actually enjoyed about your photography is that a lot of the time you have whoever it is posing. It's not just a paparazzi photo like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think of like posed photos, you have an incredible photo you took of Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. And they were just they were giving you. You know, they were working it for you, dude. Yeah, they, they were characters. So they came out with their own Mezcal and um, they decided that, you know, they're doing like a tour, bringing their their Mezcal to different venues. And they were actually bartending and making the drinks for guests at the hotel. So we were at um, Magic Hour in Manhattan and they, they come up and, you know, Breaking Bad, one of my favorite shows of all time. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you run into these celebrities because some of them, you're like, these are just like one of the guys. You know what I mean? Those two were like one of the guys where like they're having fun. They're enjoying themselves. Um, so that was 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 a blast. They went around. They made drinks. We did photo ops, um, got to taste their mezcal and, and the mixed drinks that they were making, stuff like that. So that was definitely um uh, a great opportunity for sure. Yeah. Another one that I can think of too is Whoopi Goldberg, dude. She was like really posing too for you. Yeah. Whoopi. So I got tasked to um, take some photos of her birthday. And, um, you know, like I said previously, again, I'm speaking with her manager. I'm, you know, she arrives at the venue and I'm speaking to her team. I'm like, Hey, you know, let me know when she's ready to, um, to set up, to have like a nice formal picture and eventually she's like, okay, like, um, we'll be, we'll be like to take the picture now. So I, you know, I approach her, I introduce myself and, um, she's like, well, you know, where should I go? And I'm like looking around and stuff like that. And she's like, what about the table over there? The bar? So it's like, you know, like a, a shaped bar. And she's like, what if I get on top of the, the, the table? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that'd be great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we took that that picture and uh that's that that one was probably my most like post of I forget what year that was even in at this point, but uh I do remember yeah, that was probably my lo- my most like post cuz it was like just like a perfect picture. It was it couldn't have gone any better. What was the story behind Post Malone? I saw you've taken a photo of him. Yeah, so we had post um one of the new years, like I said at this point, you, I don't recall which year it was because <laughs> I, I shoot so many events yearly that everything kind of blurs all together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had posts. He was performing, I think it was at the Barclays Center for New Year's Eve. If I think it was the Barclays. And for an after party, he came to Marquee. And um, that was definitely, uh, I would say, like a real pleasure um, because him and, and his team um, – are just like super genuine people. I, I I love Post Malone, obviously for his music, but him as a person, that's usually how I judge. I have a lot of people, like friends or family are the people um, that might ask like, oh, how's so-and-so? Like, how's this DJ or how's this rap or stuff like that? 
and I typically judge them like after shooting a show, like how the like, people are asking like how the show went and stuff like that. And I usually judge that answer based on a, the, the type of content I got and B like how those people treat me and the other people around, I think is huge. Um, because there's been some people and I'm not going to go into names, but some people that you enjoy their music or you look up to, um, even other content creators or something like that. And you're so excited to be around them and then you kind of see their true colors a little bit and it kind of ruins it for you. And I'm sure you've, you've experienced stuff like that as well. I definitely have dude. And it's like heartbreaking too, because you know, it could be an exciting moment where you're like, Oh, I'm going to be working with this person today. And then you meet them and you're like, and the thing is I always try to keep in mind, maybe I caught them on a bad day. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to keep that in mind. But yeah, there have been some instances where I'm just like, oh, how disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. But Post was the man. Post Post was definitely the man. Just happy, you know, just living life, you know, enjoying enjoying it. And, and I saw it in person, but you see it in every single post I've ever seen of people videotaping him and like the way he treats his fans and the way he interacts with people. And, you know, he doesn't look at look at himself as like this god. Um, whereas other people enjoy having that God complex and feeling like they're above you. And those are the people that I'm just like, I don't mess with you anymore. Like you ruined it for me. Like whether you're a music or a content creator or stuff like that. Um, you know, I definitely think that you should hold pride to yourself and, and I do that as well and feel good about myself and where, I, what I've accomplished and stuff like that. And, and there's nothing wrong about that. But then when you go to like the next level of like ignoring people that are speaking to you because you think you're above them. Like I've had people where I've gone up to, hey, would you mind <laughs> if I grab a picture real quick? And just silence. silence. And you're just like, okay, well. Yep. And yeah. then you just turn around and you're like, all Love right, I, I guess that's that's that. Or, you know, even other people that just give you attitude. I mean, like I said, you just keep it pushing. You try to do what you can. And, uh, you know, not everybody's going to be the coolest person you meet. Yeah. I'd still like to continue on the path of talking about some photos you've taken too. You've taken some photos for Sean Mendez too. Yeah. Sean Mendez. So he came out with the song summer love or summer of love. I, I'm, if, I, if I'm recalling correctly. And um, so we had a thing where he wanted to go to a, like, I think it was four of um, Tao groups clubs in Manhattan and this is unannounced. So people are just enjoying their night out at the club, having a great time and stuff. And then all of a sudden the DJ hops on. They're like, we'd like to bring out a special guest. And it's like Sean Mendez. And he comes out and he starts singing his song and people are losing it um, from every single club that we went to. Lavo, Marquee, PhD. And, and people are just losing their minds. So like, being able to experience that was was definitely another good memory for me. Um, part of the reason why, obviously, from aside from the music and the just purely artistic side of photography, um, I just enjoy being around people that are enjoying themselves. So being in a club environment, you're rarely, especially in EDM music, you know, you're rarely finding people that are there being like, ugh. I'm having a terrible time. Like, no, like when you think EDM music, you're thinking people jumping, screaming, like emotions, just like happiness. And I'm like, I want to be a part of that. You know, whether, whether it's being the DJ or being part of the stage design or owning the company that's throwing the events or something like, I just wanted to get close to, to that because it's something I, I really enjoy being around people that are, you know, having the time of their lives. Cause it makes you feel good about yourself too in the moment. And you've, I feel like you've been around a lot of people that look like they enjoy their life to the fullest. I know that you've also shot for Kevin Hart, dude. Yeah, Kevin, another, it was for another um, tequila. And so he came in and, you know, came into the club. Everybody's having a good time. He pops up. He gets on the mic. He starts saying, he's like, I want to thank everybody trying my tequila. He starts dishing out bottles to everybody. And, and it was just like a... Um, a very cool moment. And the picture I got of him, I, I thought like, you know, sometimes you get that content. Sometimes you're just like, ah, oh. but like when you get like that picture 
and it happens. It doesn't happen every shoot that I shoot for every event that I shoot. You don't always get that like aha moment. But when you get that picture, whether if it's a person or like the concert as a whole, um, that's like that tiny little like dopamine hit that just keeps you keep pushing, keep pushing. You feel good. Like, it, you know, when for me personally, when I get that picture and like the one that you're speaking of, of Kevin Hart and the lighting and everything was perfect and his smile. And it was just like, this is just perfect. And I'm like, keep it pushing now on to the next one, you know? Yeah, no, it is exciting. I saw another photo that got me excited, but I'm worried that a younger generation is not going to know this person other than the reference in the Maroon 5 song, dude. You shot for Mick Jagger too, dude. Oh, yes, Mick. Um, that was pretty, that was nerve wracking a little bit. Um, not so much. I just didn't know because now you're talking, you know, you have some, you have some A-list DJs or rappers and stuff like that. But like you're talking Mick Jagger's like, he's at the legendary status. You know, he's been getting praise and, and all this stuff for decades at this point. So being able to photograph him, he was actually a lot cooler than I anticipated in the sense that he was very down to earth. He was happy. I was showing him and his girlfriend the pictures I took of them and they're like, oh, like, how do I look so good? Like joking around, having a good time. Um, So that was that was definitely a cool moment for sure. And especially for like my parents that listened to his music, it was like. You know, they're like, oh, I know who that is. You know, a lot of times they don't know the DJs that I shoot. But seeing Mick was like, uh, you know, a huge thing. But I love to hear that, dude, especially when you have someone who's like at his level that is still down to give you your props as a photographer, you know, and make you feel good about your craft, you know? Yeah, that that that's definitely a great feeling. And I'm sure you know that as well, shooting music videos and stuff like that. Because um, you, you're looking at these people and obviously these people are are you know, DJs or musicians or stuff like that. So they're not necessarily, they don't necessarily know the skill behind taking great pictures or making great video content and stuff like that, but they can appreciate it as an artist themselves. So being able to hear that, um, you know, makes you feel good because there's been times too, where I'll take a picture of somebody um, or even an event as a whole at the club. And I'm like, Mm, I have very high standards for my content and sometimes I don't feel the best about, about what I'm delivering. And I'm like, oh, here it is. Like, I hope you love it. And then you get back like this message, like, Oh my God, these are the best pictures ever. Like I had that happen to me. Um, I think it was yesterday. One of the DJs that I photographed sent, sent a picture I was like, this is my new favorite picture ever of me, you know, performing at this venue. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily like, wow, this is the money shot. But like for other people, that's the money shot for them. So when you hear that, that satisfaction in, in their voice telling you that you're doing amazing work, you know, that definitely helps you. You know, like I said, everything's about just keep pushing, just keep pushing, you know. Um, so those little those little small moments really help you just keep it keep it going. Yeah, and it's rewarding too because you have people that have dealt with a million different photographers, and they probably don't say that to every single photographer. Def definitely. Um, to speak on that as well, um, recently at one of my events, I actually had a a different club owner come up to me and was saying like, "Hey." the pictures you took at my venue are some of the best pictures we have. And I haven't worked with that venue in a while now, but he's saying like, you know, we need you. I need you back in here. And he's like, what do you, what do you make now? And I tell him, and he's like, I'll double that to have you come in to shoot at my club. And, and, and it's not even, it wasn't even like in the moment about the money being like, wow, I could make, you know, twice as much for a single night working at this venue, like obviously that's great, but I was so thankful and thanked him um, in the moment and the following day for recognizing um, like quality content. And cause like you said, there's so many people that are creating content now, obviously when, when you and I started, 
I could only name a handful and those people are still creating. And I, in my eyes, they're still some of the best people in the industry, but now it's, there's so many people and, and that's great. I think it's great that people are able to, you know, cameras and stuff might be cheaper or you can buy used gear and the technology and editing is made stuff so that like you don't need the best camera necessarily because you can edit so much stronger now that you can get away with having a, a more entry level camera or, or gear. But but hearing somebody give you props and and tell you like, you know, we've had other people, but like your work stands out and that person's not a content creator themselves. That's somebody that's looking as as a business transaction and, and giving you the props and being able to like really understand that, like, I need to have the best looking content for my venue and I don't want anything less. You know what I mean? So that it. It made me happy that they at least recognize the importance of not just throwing out like mediocre content just because they want it. You know what I mean? Sometimes I get mixed up where it's like you want to be content is king. You want to be pushing out con- content constantly. But if you have the opportunity to to be able to create high quality content and it maybe it costs a little bit more. Or maybe you have to make a little bit more accommodations for people and stuff like that. I think that's super important. Yeah, and I think quality is important because in a world where people are just consuming things like so quickly, though, it's like you want to be able to stand out. Mm -hmm. And if you don't stand out, it's just going to get blurred in with everybody else. Yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely a a, I think at this point now with the with. TikTok coming up and people's attention spans going down. Um, I think it's definitely important to have a good, happy medium of having good content while also not harping on it being perfect because there's been times um, and I still do it to this day where I'm editing and I'm looking at this one picture for 10 minutes because I'm like, something's off that, the perspective or the lines aren't perfectly even and and I'm trying to make this picture perfect. Meanwhile, it's going to be looked at for three seconds and then scrolled past. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's hard because that's just where we are in today's attention span and that's how media is consumed today. Very fast, rapid pace. That's why I find myself enjoying podcasts such as like yours and other, other content creators because I like being able to take a break from the constant consuming, you know, fast videos, scrolling, scrolling a feed. It's just like constant. And I like throwing on a podcast when I'm driving into Manhattan or while I'm sitting at a four hour editing session, editing pictures, and I could put on a podcast in the background and and get a little bit more out of just brainless content. And you know, speaking of content, I want to run it back to some of the photos you've taken too, because I got a few more I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. But one of the content kings, Gary V, you've got some photos of Gary, dude. Yeah, I've, I've, um, have had the opportunity of meeting Gary, I think at this point, like two or three times. Um, the first time photographing him, I was consuming his content, um, a lot because I think he provided so much value and still does to this day. And being able to see him, the first time I, I met him and took a picture with him and photographed him, he was with Le'Veon Bell, um, a Jets player. And he was in the club, and I got to meet D-Rock and the rest of his team, too, that were just out at the, at the, the nightclub at that time. And then another person, too, you shot for the weekend, dude. That was a crazy event. Um, so we hosted at Tao Downtown the weekend's birthday party. And they transformed now Tao downtown, if you've never been, is like this massive restaurant in Manhattan. And they transformed the whole thing to fit this theme for the party. And they had like part of a tank inside the building and it was like all army themed and stuff like that. Um, He has the largest security guards I've ever seen in my life. These guys were just massive human beings. And I know I'm just trying to get pictures. I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to be there. And just for the record, Dan is like six, what? Six, six, four. Dan's six, four. So if Dan is saying someone is massive, you got to imagine that. I don't know. These are, these are large human beings. Um, and you have to kind of work around those people because like, obviously you're supposed to be there and you're, 
you know, you're trying to get the content. You need to make sure you get that picture when they're bringing out his birthday cake or when he's hugging his girlfriend at the time or stuff like that, those key moments. And then you just have these huge people that are looking at you like if you step three more inches forward, you're going to get laid out like you need to stay away. So I think that's uh, super important and definitely a good tip for anybody that's working in nightclubs and music events and stuff like that. Befriend the security guards, whether it's the personal security of the artist or people working the, the stage or the pit at a festival or something like that. Always say hello, be kind to the people, ask them how they're doing because, you know, you're there stressing your job, making sure you're getting that content and they're there stressing their job, making sure that, you know, they're keeping their artists safe and, and, and the venue as a whole secure and stuff like that. So I always make it a point to like acknowledge people that are working the events rather than just focusing directly with the artist or the artist manager and stuff like that. That when, you know, when you see the security guards, like at the clubs that I work at, I always say, what's up? Give them a fist bump, a high five, handshake, stuff like that. Um, our stage manager, our lighting guys, um, I think it's definitely important to to always show appreciation to everybody that's throwing the event. Because it's not just the artist stepping on stage. It's everybody coming together to make that event be as good as it can be. I learned something huge from you in that same regard is that. If they want them, you should take photos for the entire crew. You know, that's something that I think has done me well over the years where it's like, you know, if the artist has like a full band, you know, make sure you're getting shots of the drummer, the guitarist, Mm -hmm. even the tour manager, too, because that goes a long way. Yeah, it it definitely goes a long way. I've definitely take pictures in the past of managers, tour managers, you know, in the booth with their artist or before they go up on stage for a music festival, capturing those candidates of them, like interacting and stuff like that. And, and that brings it back to forming that relationship with the person rather than just being somebody that can, you know, produce content. It's forming that relationship of like, wow, he got this beautiful picture of me and my artist, and you know, me as being the manager and like, that's something that they remember. And and if you can create moments like that where somebody feels really special about the picture, then that's how you get those repeat clients. And I think that's definitely a, a big key um, to success is just capturing whether, you know, if it's in live music and stuff like that or you're doing family portraits or newborn content and you just you get those pictures and you make that person, your client feel that that feeling of like in awe with a picture and you'll have that person for forever. You got some photos with Tizo touchdown. Yeah. Tizo. Um, so we had a, an album listening party and he was one of the artists that was there. Um, I personally didn't know who he was. I just seen this guy with all these nails in his hair and he's got football pads on. And I'm like, I don't know who that is, but he, he looks like he's important. He looks like somebody that's an artist or something like that. Um, and for me, that happens a lot where, um, especially with like hip hop artists and stuff like that, or even actors and other just regular celebrities, anybody that's not a DJ, basically. Um, sometimes I, I'm just like, I don't know who they are or like I do, but I don't recognize them. And I'm just like, you use like your, your best judgment. I'm like, Hey, this person's dressed really nice and has chains or something like that. Like that's gotta be, that's gotta be an artist. So like, that's something that I use. Yeah, no, that's good though, too, because you know, it's, it's impossible to know everybody too. So, you know, how do you use your judgment to, you're like, Hey, should I get a photo of this person? I'll definitely have asked people like straight on the spot, not the person themselves, but I'll just a random stranger that happens to be in vicinity of that person. Um, like, What's what's that guy's name again with the with the nails and the hair like something like that? Yeah. Um. And I'm like, he's a, he's an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's an artist. And you're like, oh, okay. So like, I need to do that. Um. Because like I said, yeah, there's so many people, and they're especially at these events. You know, a good majority of everybody is a somebody. So you kind of just, I sometimes at those events just photograph as many people as I can, and I'm like. Here you go. Like, hope I got everything that that you wanted. Um, so that yeah, that's kind of how I tackle that. No, it's good to know too. And I want to bring it back to an earlier photo, Dan. Hmm. ASAP Rocky. 
that's a that's a throwback throwback. Um ASAP Rocky. Um that was at Ferg's album release party. Um I think it was Trap Trap Lord something trap. His album release party. Um that was in Brooklyn. And I got that event from a guy that was co-hosting the party itself. And that was probably one of the craziest events I photographed, not because of the production or anything like that, but because the venue was so over capacity and then the whole ASAP mob shows up and I'm standing in like the pit right in front of them in the stage and we have security and gates and stuff like that. Those guys got on the stage and they just start stage diving over me. Like I'm holding my camera up. I'm trying not to get hurt. The crowd's pushing over the barricade, like stampeding. I'm stuck in like one spot trying to get like these pictures and stuff like that. Um, definitely a wild memory for sure. Well, you know, thinking about all those people I just listed, Dan, that's absolutely insane. And to be honest, I don't even think we scratched the surface. Uh, we could be here for, for hours. but Yeah, but I mean, you got to be feeling some type of like, are you feeling proud about what you've accomplished? Like, how do you feel about everything that you've accomplished, man? Like I said before, it, it's always a back and forth. Um, and because I shoot so much content, a lot of it, I feel like blends into one another. So it's hard to have key moments that stand out because I do very similar stuff on a weekly basis. Um, what I like to do from time to time is open up my Instagram and I'll just scroll down my feed. And because a lot of times on Instagram, like I shoot way more than what I post on there. I don't post it like a quarter of what I shoot, but I usually post on there the stuff that I'm proud of or stuff that I haven't already photographed people or locations and stuff like that. So sometimes I go down on my feed and you start scrolling through your content of, you know, years past. And it kind of reminds you of like, Wow, like not only not only do you see like your recent work that that like I feel good about, you start scrolling further and further and you start to see your old work and you can see the comparison of what you used to be able to produce and and how in my eyes mediocre it was now in comparison to what I can do now, but at the time, you know, you're feeling like that that's like this is amazing. Um so that's basically you know, in terms of accomplishments, it's always like I always feel like you're as good as your last shoot sometimes to an, to a certain extent. Um, and I just keep pushing for for that next that next hit of a feeling proud or, or accomplished with the content that I produce. So, Dan, if someone wanted to hire you, work with you. Where could they find you? I would say just open up my Instagram. It's Dan Nilsson Photography. Uh, my email's linked on there. I have a website on there. I haven't really updated that in a hot minute as most <laughs> content creators fail to update their portfolios. But um, yeah, my Instagram's on there with my email. And um, yeah, just send send me an email and, and introduce yourself, what you're looking, what type of content, what sort of event and, and the date. And we'll see if we can make it happen. Well, that's a beautiful thing, Dan. I'm excited. I hope you get some, I hope, I mean, you've already got some of the most fire people that you're working with, but yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on the pod, dude. I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, I know it's a good episode and you know, it's good to have, like, it's fun that the Mike Squires and Friends podcast is legitimately all of my friends, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that's a wrap. I want to share with you guys my final thought of the day. Whether you're a photographer, a creator, or entrepreneur, that your dreams are possible. Sometimes you just need to take the steps to make it happen. I know that might not be easy, but the key is just to start. Study some of the people that are in your career field. See what they're doing and how they're making it work. Don't be afraid to reach out. But the most important thing is that you believe in yourself before the world does.